This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 16th, 2018. Christmas road trip. Don't make me turn this car around. Don't make me turn this car around. Maybe you Hey, there we go. <laughs> so good morning, Johnny, Mike, Matt, and everybody else. Good morning. Welcome to our third week of Advent here at Connection Church, Advent 2018. Advent is a church season of preparation as we, as we prepare for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our, our, our theme this year is family road trip. Uh, week one, we talked about planning and packing. Last week, we talked about being along for the ride. And this morning, I don't know if you could figure this one out or not, we're going to talk about don't, Don't make, make me, me turn, turn this, this car, car around. around. There you go. Well, good morning. I'm still Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we thank you so much for today, for gathering us here and online. Bless us, God, and settle us in as we hear your word found in Scripture and apply it to our lives. We pray this in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Don't make me turn this car around. Maybe you've said it. Maybe you've heard it. It's a warning. It might be a bit of a, a threat where what's going on in the back seat is just pushing your button so much that you're ready to turn that car around and head Home, don't make me turn this car around. Of course, turning the car around is only the beginning, isn't it? Uh, not only will you miss out on whatever it was we were heading out for, but there's an ex- uh, uh, this expression implies that there's going to be some more consequences once we get home, right? Loss of privileges, time alone in one's room, attitude, you know, you know, maybe you've been there. There's really a downside, though, to turning the car around if what was intended was this nice little family outing because we miss out because we're turning that car around. There is a price to pay for establishing law and order in the car. Don't make me turn this car around. You know, on that first family Christmas road trip, first Christmas road trip, Joseph encountered a situation in which he was very close to turning the car around, so to speak. Now, Joseph, you met him last week, Mary, Mary's fiancé. They're engaged, different versions of Scripture say engaged, pledged, betrothed. Whatever word we use, it's interesting because the relationship that they had in preparation for ultimately getting married was different in that time and place than what we find in our culture. The marriages then, first of all, were arranged They were arranged by members of the families or their deputies. And from what I read, actually, the woman could say no if she was of age. Of course, I don't know what of age was, but I doubt that 12, 13, 14 that Mary was would be of age. But anyway, they were arranged. And and arranged marriages seem kind of, they're foreign to most of us. And and in so doing, they seem kind of strange. But this is the norm, was in many cultures, and still is in some. In fact, um, when we were, uh, I was right. We were writing this. I was thinking about Koshi and Joycey, our friends in India, whose 
a group of about, what, 14 we're going to visit uh, early February, uh, uh, missionary, I mean, pastors there that we help support. Their marriage was arranged. Um, and so I emailed Koshi to remind me of some of the facts because they were a little hazy. He wrote back telling me that they, he was 28 and she was 26 at the time. Now, her father got Koshi's information through a Christian magazine matrimonial page. So it's like Christian mingled dot paper. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Kind of the pre, pre-digital, you know, connection there. So he gets the information. I guess the information must have looked good because he traveled a pretty good distance to check this guy out. And then after he found that Koshi was okay, then Koshi turned around and took a train 24 hours to go meet this woman by the name of Joyce. It's a, a thing. He lives up in Delhi, and she was down in the southern part of India as a 24-hour train ride. So when he gets to there, are a lot of church elders and relatives there, and, and, and they were then given some time to talk with each other to kind of see if their dreams and hopes matched up. And so uh, they both had the option to say no. Koshi wrote me back again to remind me. They had the option to say no to the wedding. So they meet alone in a room, and Koshi initiates by asking a few questions, and, and there were two that he especially remembered, and you'll see why. Number one, are you ready to suffer for Christ? And she said yes. And then he said, are you ready to die for Christ? Because in that culture... That's very much a reality if you're in ministry, uh, a ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And her answer again was yes. Well, Coach, you didn't have any more questions to ask, and neither did she. And so they went back to the elders after that brief meeting, and they gave their consent to this wedding. Here's the interesting part. The next time they met was at the wedding hall on the day of their wedding. And in between, they did not talk by phone. That was it that initial meeting, and the wedding day. Chikoshi <laughs> um, said that year and the following years were amazing. Here's the real irony of this whole thing. The day when I wrote to him, asked him to give me some of the details, was the day of their 23rd wedding anniversary. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Anyway, Koshi said they took time to understand each other, and here's the key. The Bible was their foundation of their relationship. In other words, Jesus Christ is the foundation of their uh, marriage. So arranged marriages do work. There you go. Especially when Jesus is in the middle of it. There you go. So let's talk about Mary and Joseph. According to JewishEncyclopedia.com, once the agreement to marry was made... Once they were engaged and betrothed is the other word for that. It was a definite and binding agreement. Definite and binding agreement on behalf of the bride and the groom. So much so that they were considered man and wife in all legal aspects of this. All religious aspects of this except for they were not to live together to cohabitate, and there was no intimacy between them until such time as um, 
the marriage had to happen. There was no legal du duration between this time. It could be within seven days of the agreement, or it could be longer than that. The, the norm in our research seemed to be about a year, and that was the time for the bride and the groom. They were married at this point, just not living together, and uh, they couldn't consummate the marriage. This was the time for them to get to know each other because the agreement was, this was arranged for them, not by them. And we share this, we share this with you because we feel that knowing the background, knowing how that culture does things a little different than ours is crucial when it comes to fully appreciating this section of scripture in which Joseph considers turning the car around. Check this out. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be too disgraced. And so when Joseph finds Mary as a child, he, he knows it's not his. And so we can only speculate as to how he finds this out because Scripture doesn't tell us. You know, uh, perhaps it was Mary that shared the news with him. And if it was, that must have been an interesting conversation. Hey, honey, I have some good news for you to hear, but you better sit down. Sit down, huh? This ought to be good. Good news, huh? Well, I'm pregnant. I thought you said this was good news. That doesn't sound good to me. Uh, who's the father? Do I know him? Well, yes and no. I got a visit from an angel named Gabriel, and he told me that I'm giving birth to the Son of God. Really? <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. The Holy Spirit will come upon me, and the power of the Most High will overshadow me. And he will give birth, I will give birth to the Holy One, and his name will be Jesus. This thing's getting better by the minute, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's quite a story, Mary. Quite a story. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it really happened. You've got to believe me. Mm. Well, he didn't believe her, did he? At least not at first. Of course, we don't know if Joseph actually learned of the pregnancy from Mary. That part of the story must not be important because it doesn't tell us in Scripture just how he learned of the pregnancy. What's important is what happened next, though. Joseph decided to turn the car around, to bring it to an end, to say, that's it. In that culture, because of the nature of the betrothal, as we said, is considered husband and wife, that would mean actually a divorce. Can you imagine a divorce before you even have the wedding? But that's how it worked, and that's what he decided. Now, Joseph could have made a big deal out of this. He could have posted on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram this whole situation. And what that would have gotten would be Mary quite possibly stoned to death because that was the the punishment for a woman who committed adultery, and that's certainly what it looked like. 
Scripture tells us, though, that Joseph was a noble man. And in fact, the New Revised Standard Version says that he was a righteous man. Righteous. We talked about this a little bit last week. Righteous. Right living. Shoring up our life. God is our plumb line. And we live into that righteousness, that holiness. And as we do that, we reflect Christ, who he is and whose we are. And that is who Joseph was, noble and righteous. And even though he was troubled by all of this, he didn't want to damage his wife, his fiance, and so he made a decision to divorce her quietly so to not disgrace her any more than she would have been. Wow. You know, that speaks volumes of the character of Joseph. And the story goes on. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. Say spirit-conceived. There you go. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will call him what? And that means God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon full term. Watch this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. And they will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God is with us. And so, so Joseph gets a visit from the angel. We don't have the name of the angel. We did for Mary. His name was Gabriel. But we aren't sure who the angel is for Joseph. And the angel tells Joseph to take Mary as his wife. And in fact, this child inside of her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he's told Joseph, you will name the child Jesus. That's a really big deal in the culture. It was the father's name. It was the man's role, the father's role to name the child. And so he was given that. The name was so important. And so he was told to name him Jesus, which means God saves. God saves. God will save his people through this people through this child, Jesus. And then the angel reminded Joseph of and reminds us of this new of this Old Testament prophecy that we looked at two weeks ago, and I think Devin read it um, this morning. It was in Isaiah. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and his name will be Emmanuel, which means, say it with me, God with us. Wow, can you, can you imagine being Joseph and having that dream? Wow. So much for wondering who the father of the child is. So much for quietly divorcing Mary. So much for turning the car around. If... If you trust the dream, if you trust that that's really an angel of the dream, if you truly trust that what the angel is delivering you in that dream is coming from God. Well, Joseph did. And then Joseph woke up. And he did exactly what God's angel commanded him in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. 
and he named the baby Jesus. Jesus. And so we see the character of Joseph, his righteousness. He was so faithful. God's choice, what a faithful, God-fearing person as he continued his Christmas road trip and decided to not turn the car around. Hmm. Joseph woke up and did exactly what God said. That's a great story, isn't it? I love that story. Because I love the whole Christmas story. It's a great story, but what's it got to do with you and me here 2,000 years later? Well, why do we take time with that this morning? Well, at least for me, for me, every, every once in a while, I'm tempted to turn the car around. And I don't mean because of the kids in the back seat. Our kids are all grown now. And, you know, the grandkids, they can do whatever they want. You know, we don't care. <laughs> we even let them drive sometimes. What the heck? Uh, but I think back to uh, several times, but one especially was when we were both in, in seminary. It overlapped about a four-year period there. Carrie was first, and I came on. And, and that was probably one of the most challenging times in our lives, especially in our married life. Four years, four kids, four churches. On top of that, we had schoolwork, church work, helping kids with their schoolwork, household responsibilities. Very little time left for ourselves and even less for each other. Because the way it worked is you went to seminary and you were assigned to a church. And we were went opposite time. Like one of us go first half of the week and then the other go the second half. One at home, one at school. No offense to my children, the one at school had the better deal, had the, had the easier deal. Let's say easier deal. We would literally pass on Route 50. There was one day I was on, I actually went into Massachusetts Avenue in D.C. where you're right next to each other. Carrie didn't see me, and I wanted to make sure she saw me. So I did a U-turn, came up beside her, waved, did another U-turn, went on home. She went to seminary for the, for the rest of the week. It was, a, it was not an easy time, especially since changing jobs. I mean, my pay was like a fourth of what it had been. And, and we had four kids and house, you know, all the things that go with, with those kind of things. Um, as a result, I remember, I remember several nights at seminary just, just saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I was at the end. I was, I was ready to turn the car around. I can't do this anymore, Lord. I, it's just too hard. I can't, I can't do this. But you know, God is good. And God is faithful. And I'd go to sleep, and I didn't get an angel. I, at, least it, at least it didn't look like an angel. But I'd get a good night's rest, and in that rest, God would give me that peace that passes all understanding, which we talk about so much. And it does pass the understanding, because understanding would be, this thing doesn't make sense. <laughs> but with God, he somehow makes sense out of something that doesn't and would bring peace. And I'd get up in the morning rested and ready to, once again, go out there on the great adventure that God had placed before us, this opportunity to, and we were at different churches then, and the idea of working together in a church was absolutely foreign. Absolutely, that, would, would, <laughs> that was foreign. That was not going to happen. And yet, you know, when I look back, God has blessed us, and I especially see that in my four children, our four children, because every one of them is a faithful Christ follower. And I see oftentimes when, you know, we're, 
so engaged in the church, kids sometimes leave the church. With our kids, they're all intimately involved in church with, and with Jesus Christ. And I think part of that's because they got to see God in action. Our trying to be faithful to God's call allow God to be faithful to us. We got to see that blessing, and our kids got to see that. They knew things were tight. We could have qualified for free lunch. We didn't apply, but we could have qualified. It was a Christmas where we didn't have any money, and Carrie told the kids that, and yet the next day she found five $100 bills in her mailbox at church because somebody's generosity made Christmas available, and the kids knew where, that that happened. And so they got to see God in action. They got to see what happens when you don't turn the car around and you allow God's faithfulness to ring through. They got to see God do what God does best. And that is to make all things possible. With God, all things are possible. Yeah. You know, these, um, these tears are partly remembering how hard it was. Our relationship was at an all-time low during that long time. But we also rejoice in what God can do and what God has done. And, you know, thinking about those years gives us the absolute focus that, you know, everything that's been happening with this church and with the new building, God's got it. You know, we've lived it. We know it. We know it. So the question is, Devin, I know you're reliving this as we're sharing. I know Aaron was doing the same thing. Um, what about you? What about you? What has God called you to or led you to? And you think, you know what? It's so difficult. I'm not going there. I really feel like I'm going to turn this car around. This is more than I bargained for. Is it a relationship? Is it a relationship that is just so hard? Are you in the midst of a marriage that is in turmoil? Don't turn the car around. Don't do it. God can get you through. Get centered. Get focused. Is it something with your kids? Just hang on. Pray. Keep focused. Trust. Is it something with an aging parent? Some of us have lots of that kind of responsibility or have and you just think oh my goodness can I do this another day because it's days and weeks and months and even years stay focused keep on keep it on is it something at work you know you probably can't change that situation but you can change your heart and how you're going to approach it and other people around you you can be a light in that dark place that might be your work situation is it your health are you finding some things that are just going haywire in your health? You know, this is why Jesus came to get us through these times and actually have victory over these times. We don't have to walk like, woe is me, all this is happening. We put our head up and say, thank you, God, for being with me. Is it your spiritual life? Are you hitting like... A yuck place is it like okay I'm showing up I'm serving I'm doing it all and I'm still coming up empty 
keep going. Don't turn the car around. <coughs> if you do, well, we've all kind of halfway done that before probably, and it's just not good. And, you know, walking with Jesus, it affects our eternity, our glorious eternity with God the Father. So if you're in this place where you're like thinking, I can't believe this is happening to me. Don't be like Joseph and entertain, I'm going to turn this car around, because you can see what happened when he made the other choice. So in the midst of all the challenges and changes, quests and questions and obligations and opportunities, keep in mind the story of Joseph that we share this morning and how he responded when faced with that huge challenge of his own before he knew all the facts. Even before he knew all the facts, he didn't allow the circumstances to dictate his response. He didn't allow the situation to alter his character. He responded in faith, not fear, with love and grace, not horror and hate. And so rather than shaming his wife publicly before the crowds, he chose instead to take care of things quietly and discreetly. And then when God visited and shared his plan with Joseph through an angel in a dream, Joseph did exactly, exactly as the Lord directed, without hesitation, without question. And he, um, he responded as, as Mary did, as we looked at last week, and he went along for the ride this ride that God offered to him. He chose not to turn the car around. What about you? What about you? So Joseph learned about Jesus through a dream. But we learned about Jesus through the Bible, the Holy Word of God, through one another, through worship, through being in small groups. The Holy Spirit has come to fill us as believers and teach us and guide us. We aren't in the dark. We are not in the dark because we can lean into the light. He came to give light. Jesus came into a dark world to bring light. Do you know him? Do you know him? We're not going to assume that everybody here does. And if you don't, that's great. We're so glad you're here. But what we are asking everybody, those who have claimed Christ and those who are still wondering, and if you're online, this is for you too. One more step, one more step in trust, one more step in belief, and you can pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I want to, you to be in my heart, come into my heart, lead me. I'm sorry for the times that I've turned my back on you. Be the leader of my life. Amen. Now, if that is the kind of prayer that some of you might say for the first time, 
just claim it. Just claim it. And you might not feel anything different right now, but I'm telling you this. The next time you're up against a wall and everything's spinning out of control and you say, okay, God, help me through this, you're going to feel a peace that passes understanding that, that doesn't even make sense, but you're just going to feel it because God will intervene. Might not change the situation, but change your heart. If you'd like to talk to somebody about this, a little bit more Maria's in the back. She can pray with you. The steps are open for prayer. You can pray from your seats. Come talk to us. God gave us a gift, Jesus Christ. When we accept Christ, the Holy Spirit comes, resides in us, and we are never alone. And that's the good news. Let's believe it, and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. God with us. Emmanuel. And your son, Jesus, didn't just come for some, but came for all. And it is your desire, God, that all of us have a relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son into the world. He was born into this world to die. And that didn't stop there, though. Rose again so that we could have life and life in abundance. We thank you today for everybody here and those who are joining us online. And we give you all the honor and the glory in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.